Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Don Ransdell and Dan Barker about organizational change and how building consensus and direction takes notable leadership. Don Ransdale and Dan Barker, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It is a pleasure to be with both of you today. You're joining us from the Kansas City area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about organizational change, uh, organizational change that you have experienced in your business, and really how building consensus and direction takes notable leadership within organizations. We know every organization has to deal with change, the pace of change has only accelerated, particularly particularly in recent years, uh, but most change initiatives fail and it's messy and complex and there's lots of uncertainty, produces limitations and challenges for organizations. So we need really capable leaders to be able to take that on. This is what we'll be exploring together. As we get started, I'll just share a brief bio for both Don and Dan. Don Ransdell is a senior executive with deep experience in providing strategic fiscal and operational leadership. And Dan Barker is a proven executive with SaaS sales marketing, leadership, and operational experience. He has been an integral part of two successful VC exits. I could really go on and on with both of your backgrounds and bios, but let me hand it over to you if you could both share just a little bit more about your professional and personal story and really how you got to where we're at today. I'm Don Ransdell. I'm CEO of MedCorp. And I've been serving in this capacity for the last 10 years. Um, and prior to that, I've led uh, data-driven information services and market research businesses um, in a variety of industries, agriculture, manufacturing, scientific and medical, industrial R&D, life science R&D. Um, and uh, my career is in advertising-supported media started in advertising supported media about 30 years ago um, and uh, it's been it's been a good ride so far and I'm Dan Barker uh, COO of Medcore I've been here three years and just like a lot of uh, uh, careers it's never a straight line to where I've gotten I've made uh, everything from rap videos for Tech nine uh, and uh, commercials for Walmart and then I went and made toys for kid meals and restaurants. I didn't make them. I just sold them um, and developed strategies to get families uh, to visit more restaurants. And then I went over and uh, 
took a, a sales and marketing leadership role within a company that did uh, marketing for big restaurant chains. So primarily understanding um, buying habits and buying patterns of, of individuals to get more items in their, in their mouths and butts and seats. And so I, I've taken that knowledge and um, joined the, the very talented group over here at MedCore um, to help uh, inspire change and, and build a, a data as a service platform for our clients. Yeah, that's excellent. Thank you both for sharing that extra context. Now let's talk just a little bit about MedCore. Tell us more. You've already introduced it slightly, but uh, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing there and what kind of uh, value proposition you bring to the market. Yeah. um, So at MedCore, our mission is to um, provide healthcare providers with information on new and innovating technologies drive adoption of product technologies and improve patient outcomes. So our vision is to get medical technologies and those evolving devices to market faster and better and into the hands of healthcare providers more quickly so that they could put, be put into practice more quickly. And so we've been on this journey for um, probably eight of the 10 years that I've been here uh, we've made great strides in the business. Um, we, our, our customers are primarily med tech and pharmaceutical companies, and we provide them with um, marketing solutions, marketing strategies. We execute solutions. We help measure, improve marketing ROI. Uh, we also provide healthcare providers with ongoing information on technologies used in their sector and in their practices uh, on a daily basis. And so, you know, we've innovated the business. Um, we've grown the business significantly over the next last couple of years. Actually, last three years, we've seen double digit growth. Uh, we've seen an increase in customers. We've seen an increase in um, the contract value of existing customers. And uh, tying it back to the topic at hand, we have, I think, increased the talent level of our team significantly and improve the culture of the team significantly. And we're, we're a small business over half of the full-time employees that we have today have joined the company in the last 18 months. So part of that was strategic. Part of it was opportunistic. Uh, but in all cases we had in mind to um, innovate the business and find the best talent, no matter, matter where they are, that are going to help us innovate the business. And we're virtual. So we're, we're based here yeah. in Kansas City. There are nine of us on the team in Kansas City, which is less than 10%. But the business has been virtual for the past, I don't know, officially since COVID started, but prior to that, uh, for the last 34 years. Yeah, um, yeah. Interesting. So so yeah, so much there that you just shared, and particularly over the last several years that you've been scaling rapidly, scaling in terms of number of employees, scaling in terms of market and, and product offerings, uh, scaling across the board is always a challenge, uh, and scaling in the people space and, and getting more talent uh, is always a huge, huge challenge. Uh, and on top of that, you're trying to you know create more of a dynamic organizational culture and innovation innovative culture and all of that is, is 
challenging in the best of circumstances, even when you're not scaling. Uh, so all of this requires uh, shifts in paradigm, shifts in approach, tactical, strategic approach, um, the policies, practices, and procedures that kind of are the foundation uh, in the, the scaffolding on which the, you know, the culture lays. Um, tell, talk, walk us through a little bit about how this process has happened, particularly over these last few years. Uh, well, it, it kind of started with Dan when Dan got here. Dan was the first hire um, that I would say was kind of non-endemic, not from information services, the way the business was structured previously and um, brought on with the intent to help me directly innovate the business. And in, so he, he and I together have have um, have done that. Um, and so we've taken what was a 34-year-old information services business and transformed it into a commercial intelligence data as a service platform. And you know, we our, our culture here, I think, is one almost of a startup. It feels like a startup today, um, even though it's a 30-some-year-old business. But part of that is because we've got you know 16 new employees over the last 18 months uh, and hired because of their innovation because of their skills they're more technology oriented um dan anything add to that yeah i would i would say you know as we've as we've changed and as we we foster change sharing a clear vision of where you're going where you're headed um, how we're going to get there has been super important to uh, maintaining the talent that we have. I mean, in some cases, we have talent that has been here for 28, 29 years. I mean, they've been around and seen the company change a lot. And, and as we continue to evolve, and I think our evolution is, is going probably faster now than it has since in the three years that I've been here, is we're, we're rapidly evolving now, is is painting that picture doesn't mean that everyone has to be on board with that vision, right? This is, this is a vision that, that Don and, and I and, and the owner of the organization, Brian, are passionate about. We believe that this is going to not only better the lives of, of people and better the lives of organizations that trust us, these med tech companies, but, but really is it, it has the ability to be bigger than us. And I think that understanding that just because it's our vision doesn't mean it's everyone's vision. That the rocket ship we're on, people are gonna get off and that's okay. Um, that They didn't sign up for our vision of where we're headed and we're, we've gotta be okay with that. And we have to, um, we have to enable that, right? And, and understanding the roles of everybody has been a challenge, but it's been a fun challenge for us. Um, and it, it's been unfortunate that in, in this process, of, yeah, we've had colleagues that have decided that that's not the vision that they signed up for 30 years ago. It's time to go. Um, but when, we, when we're talking to those new individuals that, you know, we're, we're growing right now and, and painting the picture of this is where we're headed, it gets people excited. It really does. And, and um, it's fun to share that vision with those that are going to be on the right seat on this rocket ship. I like how you're describing 
uh, the, the environment, the culture, even for a company that's been around for decades as really a startup kind of a mentality, a startup kind of a culture. Uh, not that every culture has to be that way, but I, I do find that maybe that's my bias, but I do find that kind of entrepreneurial spirit to just be exciting, enlivening, engaging. And, and the reality is the organizations of today need to be more agile. They need to be highly adaptive and they need to respond to everly, you know, ever increasing shifting demands in the marketplace and new disruptive technologies. Like all of that means constant change, rapid, you know, increasing pace of change. Uh, and in some cases that mean, you know, people are going to be resistant and they, are going to have a hard time getting on board uh, with the shifts and the direction and the, the vision and the mission and the values of how the organization has shifted over time. Um, of course, you can part ways with dignity and respect and, 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 and caring for the contributions they've made in the past, but sometimes it's just a better opportunity for, for people to go somewhere else and chase their, their vision uh, and for your organization to be able to go and, and take the path it needs to be on. That can be challenging, of course, and certainly I'm not an advocate for, you know, wholesale, just, you know, uh, wiping out previous contributions of, uh, you know, the people who've made tremendous contributions in the past. Um, but in my experience, most people, if they're, if they're really uh, given the opportunity to, to buy into the new direction, if, if it's clearly communicated, the why behind it is, is articulated well, and they're given opportunities to grow and to learn and to even develop some new skills that might be necessary for the new path um, that people tend to get on board, you know, get in line with what needs to happen moving forward. What, what has been your experience with that? What have been some of the ways you've tried to support people on the team as you've gone through these shifts? Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.
we um, in I think it was 2018 um, changed to uh, our work-life balance policy so that there's essentially unlimited vacation pending approval of one's direct supervisor, right? So as long as the work gets done, I don't care when someone works, I don't care where they work. Um, so that flexibility, um, I think, has, has helped change the culture quite a bit. Um, we've also begun employing um, a standardized test, Colby performance tests, um, if you're familiar with those, and I'll expect a commission check from the Colby organization. Um, and that's helped a lot to understand um, how uh, an individual uh, would fit into the organization, how they like to be communicated with, how um, aggressive or innovative or fast paced they are, or how much of a fact finder they are, and whether they're going to necessarily clash with people on their team. So that's helped somewhat. We have an open door policy that, that we, of course, we have titles like every other organization, but we're a relatively flat organization. And we, we encourage getting uncomfortable. Um, and if you're going to fail, fail fast. But just because you fail just means that we're, we're learning something. Uh, we've been building a product right now, uh, this data as a service product for three years. And I'm not going to sit there and tell you that it's been a smooth ride the entire time. Uh, we have failed uh, at that a couple of different times and in different ways, but it's bettered our product. It's bettered our people. It's bettered our processes. Um, and, you know, it, it's a, having, having a culture where you embrace failure, not just because it's a... Um, we tried something new and maybe it didn't work, but embracing it because we learned something from it. And, and when we, when we do, when we do fail, um, we do postmortems like most companies do, but, but they're not like, um, sad postmortems. They're like, okay, how would we do this better next time? How would or, we or finger pointing this? a lot of organizations right. do postmortems and it's just, it's just finger pointing is trying to figure out who we're going to throw under the bus. <laughs> right. And it's, it's never about, um, finger pointing for us. It's really about learning. And it's also about, it's really celebrating. It's celebrating that we are able to, to take these risks, take these chances, but it betters our relationships internally. It betters our relationships with our clients because we're, we're innovative. We're thinking, we're always moving towards what that end vision is for our clients. And if we're not connecting and trying new things with our, uh, with new products, new solutions for our clients, then we're not being a good steward of their money, their capital, their investment in us and our talent and our relationships. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's some of the, that's some of the ways that we're different, but it's also some of the ways that we're always building onto this culture uh, that we, that we protect. We're very protective of our culture too. I just like the, the intentionality of all of this as you're describing it. Um, culture will emerge organically if we don't do anything. It's something will bubble up. Usually it won't be healthy and it won't be the type of culture we would want. So we need to be intentional. We need to be strategic about how we set it up. And for example, if you want an innovation kind of a culture or an environment, the quickest way to derail that is by having a, a fear-based 
um, compliance-based, finger-pointing kind of a, an environment uh, because that just squashes any sort of creativity or innovation people might have. And they're, they're going to, you know, most people in that kind of a situation, uh, they're, they're going to take the path of least resistance and they're not going to put themselves out there in a way that could potentially get their heads chopped off, right? Um, and so you have to be very strategic and very purposeful and intentional about how you go about creating and maintaining the type of culture you want. And in this case, you're, you're describing some really great components there that have allowed you to be more innovative and engaging as a culture, as an environment for your business. Right. We're not eager to fail. Let's be clear about that. We're not a failure. Sure. <laughs> We're not going to change our tagline to tempered by failure, Midcore, tempered by failure. Um, but but it's, a, it's a totally different mindset and, and way of viewing setbacks, right? Setbacks yeah. are learning opportunities yeah. for us to grow, right? And, and refine rather than, you know, setbacks or failures. And it's, it's just, you know, who, whose fault is it? It's a totally different approach, a different mentality where it's more of an, a growth mindset, an abundance mindset. Um, right. And that's going to lead to, to better outcomes in the long run. Yeah, life. setback, I think, is a, a maybe a better term than failure or you know, dead end. It's like scientific research when you're working yeah. on a problem and you get to a dead end. That's good news. You don't have to keep going, going down that road. You can switch to the next road. Uh, and so part of it is is that for us, I think. And you mentioned the, the pace of change earlier, John, and um, the tempo for us is going to increase uh, a lot over the next three years, a real lot. Um, we're actively in the market looking for growth capital, the right capital partner will find someone we expect to more than double the size of the organization in the next three years, probably the next year and a half. And so change, like with most organizations, I think today, change is constant and, and changes the landscape that we all live with and, uh, and innovation comes along with that. So it's not, we're at the beginning of this still, not the, not the end. Yeah, you've scaled a lot in recent years. You're expecting to scale even more in in the near future. And growth for growth's sake, you know, in and of itself, is it doesn't necessarily, you know, th that's not the end all be all. And I think sometimes organizations do get caught up in this idea that we just need to grow no matter what. That's not, I think, the message we're trying to convey here. But when things are going well and when you're providing a meaningful product or service, inevitably growth will happen and scaling is a challenge. And so just learning how to do that effectively um, without leaning increasingly on your people in unhealthy, unsustainable ways is really, really important. So for example, you know, we, we often will see companies that will get a new contract or they, you know, they're, they're, they need to be able to, to spin out more of their product or service rather than adding more employees they, they put a greater squeeze on their existing people, their existing employees. And of course, uh, you know, on the spreadsheet, you know, on the financial statement, that may look really good because your, your, uh, your human capital costs, your, your wages and, and expenses may be smaller as a percentage of, of your revenues. And, and that may look great, but in the long run, it's just not sustainable. And, and if you're continually putting more and more pressure, more and more burden, more and more weight 
on your people, they will burn out, people will choose to leave. Uh, and so you have to make sure that you're scaling your, your people operations and, and getting the, good, the right talent in the right seats on the bus so that you can move into that future that you want. Um, that will create an environment where you can have that sustainable um, change agility that's going to be necessary for the future of work. I, I think that uh, I think we've all gotten really uncomfortable over since 2020 happened and, and change is happening more rapidly. So I think that our mindset is more open to change. Uh, and, you know, being in the medical arena and med tech, we're seeing changes happen across the board on uh, for our clients. Uh, what used to be easy to, to schedule time with the doctor to go talk about your your new uh, med tech is now turned into almost impossible to get on the calendar. Um, and, you know, that's really having to uh, adapt and figure out new ways to connect our clients with their, with their clients has been an amazing challenge to undertake and one that we're continuing to, uh, to solve every day as, as this change continues to occur. Dan and Dawn, it has just been a real pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, so I'm at D Ransdell, R-A-N-S-D-E-L-L at medcore.com. And the company website is medcore.com. That's M-E-D-Q-O-R. And you'll find a lot of information about the company on the website. Uh, Dan's D Barker at medcore.com. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of either one of us. Um, anything else? We want to yeah, you add? can connect with you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh it's right. iBarkey at uh, iBarkey is my name on LinkedIn. It's kind of my name across the web. So uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. We'd love to love to chat. I don't have a catchy name like that on LinkedIn, unfortunately. <laughs> Anywhere else. Well, wonderful. Don and Dan, it has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what uh, they can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than indigo leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. 
Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.